Okay, okay, we'll set it out. Okay. Let's put on the mute and then we'll get started. Okay. Okay, let's begin. Today is Daf Samach Beis. Yesterday was Daf Samach Aleph. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf and then get to today's. What did we learn yesterday? So we started off talking about wearing one shoe. So we said that if you do not have a wound on one of your feet, then you're allowed to wear one shoe, which implies that if you have a wound on one of your feet, then you are allowed to wear one shoe. So the question the Gemara wanted to know, which foot gets to wear the shoe when you have a wound? That's the Shiloh. Interesting question. So Rav Hunda says, it's the foot that hurts that wears the shoe. The other one doesn't need, a sh- doesn't need a shoe, but the one that hurts, you're going to want to have something to protect it, to keep it from getting uh, hurt. That is what Rafuna says. And uh, which basically says that a sandal is mishum tsar. It's not mishum tainuk. And Rukhir uh, Barab says, no, it's uh, the one that has, that, that doesn't have the wound is the one that wears the sandal. Because the sandal is mishum tainuk. It's for pleasure. And you can't wear it when your foot hurts. Okay, that's the idea. The, and I mentioned yesterday that uh, Rashi, as we saw, what the Gemara really doesn't discuss what the problem is with one shoe. Either we saw, like the Rishan, from the Rishalmi, which is that people uh, will assume that you're carrying the other shoe and that they're, they're going to assume that it's okay to carry. Or the people are going to make fun of the fact that you're wearing one shoe and then you'll be embarrassed and you'll just take it off. And in either way, um, even if you're wearing it on the foot that's hurt, that's in pain, um, there is no concern that you're going to come to take it off. Um, and that is, uh, first of all, people might make fun, but you still need the shoe to protect it. And uh, so you're not going to take it off just because people are laughing at you. And if it, they're not going to assume that according to the Rishalmi, they're not going to assume that you're, that you're carrying the other one because they see how the way you're walking, that you're wearing the shoe for a purpose because your foot hurts. And that's uh, according to uh, Rav Huna's take. Of, according, according to Rav Bar Barav, it's, um, it will be self-evident, of course, because they'll see the wound on the other foot. So again, there will not be any issue. Anyway, so... We did see that Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rafuna that it's the foot that that hurts that we, that that you wear the shoe on, because what happened was is that uh, Rabbi Yochanan told Rav Shembar Abba, "Give me my shoes," and he gave him the the right the right shoe first, and he's like, "Why would you give me the right shoe? That's like you're making like it, that shoe like that as if my foot hurts." Wait, you think I have a, my foot is hurting? Is that why you're giving me the right shoe? And uh, so the Gemara says, how does that prove anything that he holds that the shoe that hurt, the foot that hurts is the one that you wear it on? Maybe he's, maybe, uh, it's, maybe he's saying by you giving me the wrong shoe instead of the, the, the left shoe should go on first and you give me the right shoe, that shows that I'll only be wearing one shoe and if I'm only wearing one shoe... That show must be you're assuming that my other foot it hurts, and that's why you only gave me the one shoe. So, um, which uh, basically uh, this is Shmuel Lishitaso, in terms of which f- shoe goes on first. Um, he holds that it follows Tfilin, just like Tfilin. You put your Tfilin on your left arm, so too 
shoes have a priority to the left. And that's the story. Um, anyway. Um, so that's, this, that's the story. Okay. Um, so what do we say from that? Um, um, okay. So uh, basically, uh, that's, that's Rabbi Yochanan's shita, the shita, so that the left goes on first. First you put on your left shoe, then you put on your right shoe. Um, that we did see that uh, the, uh, Abraisa, that Mishnaic source that, that says exact opposite, that you're supposed to first put on your right shoe and then your left shoe. And uh, so on the basis of the fact that there's two sources, Rabbi Yochanan and the Braisa, so it says Rabbi Yosef, so that we have a Braisa this way, so and Rabbi Yochanan the other way. So either way you go, if you put your right on right shoe first and your left, you're following the Braisa, that's also on whom to rely. And if you go with, with Rabbi Yochanan, you also on whom to rely because you're putting your left like Rabbi Yochanan says, like Tefillin. So the Gemara says, how do you know that it's okay either way? I mean, maybe the pshat is, like Rabbi Yochanan didn't know about this Mishnah, this Mishnahic source. Had he known, he never would have argued on it. And then the right shoe is the only shoe that needs to go on first and not the left. Or he did know about it, and then he was arguing and saying that the Mishnahs were wrong. There's a, and then, then the psakalach should be that the left shoe has to go on first and then the right shoe. So either way, you don't know that it's okay either way. That's what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says that the that Yeri uh, Shemayim is Yotzi Dishneim, and that is to put on the right shoe first and then the left shoe, but they don't tie the right shoe first. They just put it on and they don't tie it. Then they put on the left shoe. They tie the left shoe first and then they tie the right. So you're giving a priority in time to the left, a priority in putting on to the right, and then it sort of fulfills both qualities because we're giving the priority of tying like Tvinlin which is sort of expressing the opinion, the logic of, of Rabbi Yochanan, and yet giving priority to the right in general. So that is what Mabre Ravna did. But however, it's interesting, Ravashi says that I sort of kind of was makbid on this whole halacha, um, that it's not a big deal, basically. And whatever shoe puts on first is okay, it doesn't matter. Um, however... Um, Nevertheless, it is brought down uh, in the Shulchan Aruch, which is interesting. I guess, you know, all things being equal. Um, then we said, we also saw that uh, when removing shoes, it goes in opposite order, meaning the shoe that goes on first, which is the right shoe, so it goes off last. So you take off first your left shoe and then your right shoe. Um, and that's the story with that. So... Um, um, and that's the story. Um, when washing, you also give a priority to the right and then to the left. Um, you wash your, your right hand and then your left hand. When you're putting on soap or some cleanser or something, oils, the right side before the left side. If you're doing your entire body, you do the face before the rest of the body, the head before the rest of the body, because the head is the melech on all the, the other limbs, and all those ideas are brought down in the halacha. Okay. Took us to the next thing, which is tefillin. Um, so the Gemara explains that uh, we don't. We said that we don't wear tefillin on if you take if you walk out with your tefillin on Shabbos. We said that it's um, you, you may not. If you do, we said that it's not chayv achatis. Okay, so um, the the Rav Safra says do not take that this Mishnah is taking a side in whether or not Shabbos is appropriate to wear tefillin or not. 
which happens to be a machlokis. Some say Shabbos is his mantfilin, some say Shabbos is not his mantfilin. Don't think that we're only going according to the opinion that Shabbos is not his mantfilin, and that's why you're not allowed to wear it out in public. Because even if you hold that Shabbos is his mantfilin, you still wouldn't be allowed to wear it in public because of the concern, rabbinic concern, that maybe you're going to come to take it and carry in Rishos Rabbim, because there's various reasons why a person would be obliged to remove the tefillin. As we know, you have to keep a clean body, so therefore there's a concern that you might carry it. Others put this whole memra going on the sefer. The sefer says that if you do, you're not chayvachatas. Don't think you're only not chayvachatas if Shabbos is a time to wear tefillin. You're even not going to be chayvachatas if Shabbos is not a time to wear tefillin. Still, it's a takshit. It's something that's a, and it's a derech malbush. You, it's called wearing. It's like a way you wear things. And therefore, it is going to be not actual carrying. You may come to take it off, but it's certainly not carrying, even though you're wearing tefillin on a day that's not the time when you're supposed to wear it. Brings us to the next thing, which is the laws of the kamea, the amulet. So we said that if, you, if you put, you're not allowed to walk out into the public, if the kamea that you're wearing is non, is made by somebody who has not been established to professionally make kameas that work, okay? So, says Rapapa, don't, don't think that you need both, that you need the person who wrote them to be shown, to, be, to write effective kameas, three times working, and this kamea has been written three times and everyone knows that it works. It works, this, this Kamea is also, what's written here is effective three times, that you don't need both, that the Mumcha Gavra and Mumcha Kamea. Rather, all you need is Mumcha Gavra, and even though this Kamea personally was never vetted before, and we've never seen it work, that's enough of a basis that it would be legal to wear and to carry all, and wouldn't be considered carrying, wearing it around, on Shabbos, even in public. Um... And that's the story with that, and that, that's what uh, Rav Papa qualified this. And it fits in, actually, in the Mishnah, because if you think about the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, it didn't say that it's Eino Mumche, it says that uh, you don't walk out with a command that's Eino Min HaMumche, so the only requirement is that it comes from a Mumche, not that it is itself a Mumche Kameh. That's the story. We said, uh, we brought down that what qualifies a kamea as being a mumcha, the expert kamea, that's where it healed three times. Um, it doesn't matter what type of kamea, is it a kamea of writing? Sometimes they could do it by psukim, sometimes they could do it by roots. They would collect various herbs and that smell good, kind of like a, a homeopathic medic medicine that uh, it would have these certain aromas and they help uh, clear, uh, you know, whatever it is, they're good for you. And that's a kamea of, of roots. It has like, you know, combination. Um, and that's a story. It, it works for a cholet that ha, it, you're, it's, it's permissible for if whether you're in danger or whether you're not in danger. Not that you actually have already been things happening to you that you were falling and now you want to take it to prevent it happening to you again. But even if you're taking it as a preventative measure, because it runs in your family that people were suffering with this certain type of ailment, and you want to avoid it, though that, that also would be a basis that you'd be allowed. And you're also allowed to tie it and untie it, even in the Rosh Hashanah. What you're not allowed to do it is tie it um, uh, with, a, with, 
with jewelry that it looks like a, a, a jewelry, a chain of, of uh, you know, that, that looks like you're wearing jewelry. Because as we already saw, jewelry is something that we're afraid that you're going to take off to show people. It happens not to be the case, but it'll still, they're not going to know that what you have here is a command. They're going to look at it and think that you're wearing jewelry. And they'll think that it's okay to walk in public with the jewelry, which we said that there's a concern that you may take it off. So because of that, you have to make sure that it doesn't look like jewelry. Okay. Um, so that's the story. The problem the Gemara, want, the Gemara had on this is that the Brisa says is that a Kamea Mumcha is one that healed three different people. Now, and here it didn't sound like it was three different people. It just said that it healed three different times. So which is it? So um, so the Gemara says, um, you're right. If we were trying to establish um, a, a, an expert person, so then you don't need it to heal three different people. Um, and uh, um, it's, it's really th- typically three different people will be three different illnesses. Um, and that's three different people is three different illnesses. And, uh, and they're talking about three different Kameas. So that's why we're mentioning for three different people, meaning the three different illnesses, this person wrote Kameas, he's an expert by doing it, giving it for three different people. If you want to establish the efficacy of a particular Kamea, that, that means that it worked for the same illness three times. That's what we're talking about over there in the previous case. So that's the difference. Rapopa said that uh, if you have three Kameas written for three different individuals and they each work three times, then that's perfect. We know that these Kameas are established and we know that the writer of the Kameas is established. Not a problem. If he wrote um, a three Kameas to three individuals, each one once, so then we know that the person has established himself as a good Kamea writer, but we do not have any basis to know that this Kamea is effective in particular because it's only been proven once. That's not enough to prove the particular Kamea. Okay, the question is, um, and uh, um, so that's, that's that. Um, if you have the same Kamea working for three different individuals, so then all you know is that the Kamea works. We don't know that the person is an uh, expert Kamea writer because we only have, maybe it was, uh, what you say, you know, beginner's luck. And we don't know that it'll work on every time. Okay, so that's a different story. But the Kamea is established to have worked. That's if it, the Kamea worked three times from the same Kamea on three different people. Question the Papa wanted to know is what if there's three Kameas written to one particular individual and for three different illnesses? And the question is, does that one Kamea, does the Kamea writer establish himself now? The Kamea certainly has not been established because it's three different. But does the person get established or do we say that it's not the person, it's the... Uh, it's, the, it's not the person who writes the Kameas that's so good, it's the person who's receiving the Kameas, who's very influenced by Kameas, and Kameas work well on him, and doesn't prove anything. Okay, um, So the Gemara remains with the Teiku in that particular question. Next thing we spoke about is Kameyan, do they have a Kedusha to that, or do they not have a Kedusha to them? So we qualified the question because we said if you were asking in terms of saving it from a fire and you, like like Sifrei Kodesh, like uh, 
um, which we'll get to, uh, that you're allowed to save it from a fire. That is certainly not the case. It's Beferish, that Kameas, uh, Brachos, Kameas, a bencher, Kamea, those various things, even though they may have letters from the Torah related to the Torah, you're not allowed to save it from a fire. And you just let it get burnt. So that's for sure. And if you're asking about Geniza, do I need to bury it instead, instead of being, I can't throw it out in the garbage? Of course that's true, because that, that we learned that anytime there's a verse written anywhere on, uh, on the handles of utensils, on the bed, the bedposts, um, you have a nice verse for scripture on your bedpost, uh, you know, that's very nice, but you've got to take that off, and um, that's, uh, you've got to take it off, you can't leave that on. Um, uh, but you can throw out the bedpost, but you can't leave that, so that's the story with that. So, um, and got to put it in Geniza. So, as far as Geniza, for sure it needs to be saved. As far as saving from a fire, for sure you're not allowed to. So, what's your question? The question is, are you allowed to bring it into the bathroom? That's the core question. Do we say, yeah, is it yes or no? So, the Gemara says, you know what? The Chora, we have a nice raya from our, from our Mishnah. Because after, after all, if you think about the Mishnah, it says that you're not allowed to walk out with the Kameya when it's not from a mumcha, which indicates that if it is from a mumcha, you would be allowed to walk out. If it's an expert shown to be effective kameya, that's fine. Now, let's think about that for a second. What, if you're telling me that, you're not, that it has a kedusha, that you're not allowed to bring it into a bathroom, isn't that a reason why you should not be allowed to walk out with the kameya? Because you may take it off because you need to use the restroom and then you'll come to carry. So the fact that we still allow you to wear kameya, albeit from an expert, um, in public means that you that there's no condition to it and that's why you let it wear it into a bathroom therefore there's no concern you're going to take it off this is the point that the Gemara is asking so the Gemara says maybe we're talking about only a Kamea that's a root you know made out of roots um, so uh, the Gemara says that's not true the price says it's talking about both kinds of Kameas Kamea of root Kamea of Ksav a written one also maybe we're talking about a Cholosh Yeshbo Sakana all bets are off. You're allowed to wear it even, you know, you're allowed to override many things because the person's life is threatened. Life is in danger. It's a different story. So the Gemara says, no, it sounds like we're good. We, the bride says, it doesn't matter if he's in danger or not, even if it's not life-threatening. So um, the Gemara says, but maybe the fact that, it's, if, that it heals him, even if he holds it in his hands, it's not called carrying because it's working on him. So it doesn't have to be worn around your neck. So what's the concern that you're going to come and take it in your hand? That's also it's healing you either way. So no matter how you have the kamea on, even if you're holding it in your pot in your hand, that's okay. So Gemara says that's also not true because Rav Oshi explains that you're not allowed to take it in your hand and carry it. That would be carrying. So what's going on over here must be is that it's covered in leather and that's the deal and that's the reason why it's okay. And that is where we got to yesterday and we'll continue with this topic um, once.